I would like you please to turn to the letter of Paul to the church at Colossae. And can you turn to Colossians chapter 2? And we want to read verses 9 to 12. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Paul writes to the church at Colossae here, and they were a church that were going through a number of challenges and where a number of heresies started creeping into the church. And Paul addresses the subject of the all-sufficiency of Christ, meaning that Christ is enough, actually more than enough, for every situation that we find. And what the church was trying to do was to create rules, and those rules were put on people, and they thought that that was their sufficiency and not the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul writes to them, and he highlights who Christ is, and he speaks to them about this journey that they find themselves on. Have you ever been in a situation where a rule was imposed on you? And our first reaction is to pull away from it. Because rules is not something that we always embrace and enjoy. However, Paul says that for our lives to be enough in God, it is Christ who brings to us what we need in this journey. He is the one that provides every means for us to walk a life that is pleasing to him. It is through Jesus Christ that these things happen. And so I want to use that thought this morning to speak about something that we're going to be doing next week, which is called baptism in our church. There's a lot of new people within our church. We want to give you a little bit of an understanding what the Word of God teaches in which we are going to be doing next week. Whatever we do within this church, we do it out of the sense that Jesus is more enough for us to do whatever we do. We don't do things because it is a legalistic requirement. We do it out of faith within the Lord Jesus. 
And so I want to lay that this morning before you as we talk about a very important practice that we believe every Christian should follow through. But not as a law, but as a response of faith in the Lord Jesus. And there's a big difference before the two. Between the two, I had the opportunity just this past week just to really look at all of these things again as I was studying all this morning. And I listened to a debate by two, well, three guys, actually. The one was on this side of the fence. The other one was on that side of the fence. And they were talking about baptism, why their churches actually asked people to be baptized in the different forms that they did. And they brought the church in focus, and it seems like a lot of what they did was because the church said so. And my heart just rebelled against it, because we don't do things just because the church says so. Amen? We do things because the Word of God says so. Would you say amen to that? And we do things because there is faith within our hearts that is generated by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we respond to what God says in his word. Amen. And that is why we believe so strongly that believers ought to be baptized in water. And that's an outflow of our experience with God. For some people, it happens straight after they find Jesus. And that's the best way. <laughs> because we see that in Scripture. Because there's no legal requirement for us to be baptized in water except that we've met Jesus personally. And when that happens, there is faith within our hearts to step into that place. But oftentimes, the word of God at those times have not been shared with us, so we actually don't know what the Bible says, and we don't have faith to step into that place. And the beautiful thing is the word of God brings faith into our hearts to follow after what God calls us to do. And so as a bit of an introduction, before I look at the story of the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, I'm going to ask someone in our church who was baptized a little while ago, why she got baptized here at Lifton. She's been a Christian for many, many years, came to lift, and then suddenly one Sunday, after people wanted to be baptized, she came to us and she said, I want to be baptized as well. Marley, come, and would you share with us just the reason why? She would really say to you that we paid her a lot of money that day, but that's not absolutely true. <laughs> Thanks. Not completely true, yes. <laughs> Some money involved. No, I'm joking. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home, and I was baptized as a baby, and I was confirmed when I was 17 years old, and I never thought about baptism again. I thought that I was baptized. So um, 
I also didn't go to churches where I saw adult baptism, so it wasn't something, I think it was always in the charismatic box where people got baptized when they were in a charismatic church, and that was also okay. Um, I had real no feeling about baptism because I was baptized. And then we got to lift, and a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, got baptized. And my first reaction was, oh, shame. She probably didn't get baptized as a baby. So, um, of course, she needs to get baptized because that's in the Bible. And she said, no, I was baptized as a baby, but I want to, I want to do it publicly as my personal to show my personal relationship with Jesus. And that started something in my heart where I thought, okay, that's interesting. And she walked it through me and we, I started investigating. So I love investigating things that I don't understand and I ask questions. And I also look at podcasts and YouTube videos and different churches' perspective. But I realized in my heart I was actually trying to, to prove my point that it was okay that I was baptized as a baby. I don't need to get baptized again. Um, and through this journey, in our home group, one night, we had a discussion um, about, <laughs> about baptism, which was quite a heated discussion between a friend and I. And it was very funny because the half of our home group got baptized as babies and half of them got baptized as adults. And so we were literally divided. Uh, and I thought, this is so sad that this is what we are. But my friend was so passionate. He said to me, Marley, you love the Lord so much. I don't understand how you don't understand scripture about baptism. And I said, I do understand scripture about baptism. And then immediately in my heart, I started rebelling. I was prideful and I thought, I will, I will show you that what has happened to me is okay. Um, so I went through a journey of, of, again, and then I said, Lord, Jesus, show me. Do I need to get baptized? I, I love you so much. I just want to do whatever you tell me to do. And, um, oh my goodness, I felt that I will have to get baptized. So in my heart, there were so many emotions. I was, um, I realized that I was proud, um, to lay down what I thought was right for so many years and then getting baptized at 40. And also I was fearful because I didn't want my family to feel that what they've believed for so many years were wrong. Um, all my friends who got baptized as babies, I didn't want to bring disunity in my family. So I didn't want my family to know. So I said, okay, fine, Lord, fine. I will get baptized. But in the lake, alone, maybe Piet and Jenny and Abe, no one is gonna know, no one has to know. This will be between us, and definitely my friend in my home group will not know. No one will know. This is between the two of This is just personal. I'll do it for the only reason is to not have disunity. I'll just do it to never speak about it again. <laughs> and um, it is amazing. I wrote in my prayer journal, I remember I wrote, fine, Lord, I'll get baptized, just to never speak about it. And then um, I came to church, and Jenny said, Marilee, it's Baptism Sunday, the kids' church. I was on kids' church duty. And as she said the word baptism, I realized that that was, the, that was the Sunday that I was going to get baptized. And I said, oh, my goodness, Jenny, I think I'm going to get baptized on Sunday. And I remember your face. You're like, what? You've never been baptized. <laughs> so uh, I went back home and I said, okay, I'm just doing it, and my reasons are just for this. And as I was praying through it with Jesus, I just started seeing in Scripture that it was a personal decision between saying that I believe in Jesus and showing 
that I believe in Jesus. And that actually as a baby, I didn't make that decision, even though my parents meant really well for me to get baptized. It wasn't my decision. And I remember the Sunday that I was baptized. Um, it felt like I was obedient to what Jesus called me to. And not only that, but the moment when Piet said, Marley, I baptize you in the name of the Father. Oh, I cry again, it was so beautiful. And the Son and the Holy Spirit. The joy I had personally with Jesus in my relationship felt like it was being made public. And in that moment, I had a joy that my English vocabulary can't explain. I don't have enough words. But it was a joy that was so deep and, um, I don't know, I want to say satisfying in a way. Mm -hmm. Because it was my relationship that I had and my joy with Jesus privately being shown publicly. And it was being celebrated with the church. So not only did I get baptized in front of the whole church, with everyone knowing, my whole family, but it was also an extreme joy. And it was one of the moments that I think back and I, I always want to cry because it was just so special to get baptized um, with people who love me and a church and to celebrate my faith with, in Jesus. Brilliant. Thank you. Let <laughs> me say thank you to Marilu. Now, I would like to read a passage of Scripture that outlines what Morley said so well. And so would you turn with me to Acts chapter 8, and let's look at verse 26. And you're going to love this because this is just one of the most wonderful passages of Scripture that speaks about an account of a religious man who found Jesus and personally made a decision to get baptized as a man who had faith. Acts chapter 8, and we want to look at verse 26. And I want you to... I just want you to notice... One of the verses when we get to the end that is such a wonderful testimony of Marilais as well. But let's read together. And this is what the scripture says in verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaka, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Would you agree with me that he was a religious person? And on his way home, was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. How many of you know that that's a dangerous thing to do when you start reading the Bible? Because God will speak to you. The Spirit told Philip. Philip was an evangelist. He was somewhere else. And God actually took him out of a revival context and in a miraculous way put him in the context of where the Ethiopian eunuch was. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. 
I love that. Don't you just love this man's heart? How many of you know that God was doing something within his life? He had a desire to go up to Jerusalem to go and worship. He had a desire to read the word of God. Although he was a religious man, but not a follower of Jesus. But he also was asking questions, which is an amazing thing to behold here. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading, and it's from Isaiah 53 that he was reading. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Isaiah 53 is called the prophecy of God's suffering sermon. In Isaiah 53, the writer describes our Lord Jesus Christ. In his birth, he describes his life and his ministry. He describes his death and his amazing resurrection. And so we see here that Philip, the scripture says, started to speak to him about Jesus. Look at what the scripture says here. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. What is the good news of Jesus? Well, Isaiah 53 tells us that Jesus became a servant. He came into this world and he was born into this terrible world that we live in. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who was absolutely pure and holy, was sent to the earth where outwardly he was tarnished by the sin of this world. And so Philip starts to speak to the eunuch and he explains to him who Jesus was by outlying and outlaying his whole journey for 33 years and how Jesus came to this earth to save all mankind from their sins. And so the eunuch was on his way somewhere, but God met him on this journey. My friends, this is the most wonderful thing that we understand within life, is that as we journey, God wants to cut in on your journey. And when he cuts in on your journey, he wants to give you what you do not have. And that is a peace relationship with God. You see, my friends, when we are not a follower of Christ, when we are still in our sins, the Bible says that we are enemies of God. Jesus comes and he crushes in on our party, as it were. He cuts in on our journey because he has sent to be the peacemaker between you 
and God. And that's why he died. And he took your sins upon himself that day. That's why Isaiah 53 speaks about the servant who suffered for your sake and for mine, so that you and I can be free from our sins. And this is the message that Philip delivered to the Ethiopian eunuch. Remember that this man was a religious man, and yet he needed the good news about Jesus, that Jesus saves sinners like you and I. That's the good news that he delivered. But let's just read on here because there's just something so beautiful within this passage. So we see here, then the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, what is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Of course, it was someone else, it was Jesus. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture, taught him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in my way of being baptized? Wow, is that not incredible? <laughs> How did he know about baptism? <laughs> Philip must have told him when he told him about Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, where the Bible says that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Now remember, Jesus was the holiest person ever, and John the Baptist says, no, no, I, I can't baptize you, you need to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, I need to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Now, Philip must have told him about that passage of scripture. And as he was sharing the gospel with him, the Bible says that this man accepted Jesus. And this man asked the question, well, if Jesus was baptized in water, why shouldn't I? That's a great question to ask, isn't it? Look, here is water. You know, and it's interesting, it's water. The word baptism is baptisto, which means to be dipped into water. Uh, the Afrikaners have a wonderful concept that means that you are plunged into the water and then brought out. That's what baptized mean, and that's exactly what Philip did with the Ethiopian eunuch. Look, what can stand in my way of being baptized? And another version says that all that you need to do is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip was baptized. As a matter of fact, there was a bunch of people around because they were traveling in a caravan type of situation. When they came up out of the water, agree with me that he went into the water? He came up out of the water. The spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the eunuch didn't see him again. But listen to this. The same words Marale said. But went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Osotis and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. And... We know that Philip in John, in Acts chapter 1, was 
living in Caesarea, and 20 years later, he was still preaching the same gospel. My friends, let me just give you the bullet points here of what happened within this passage. Firstly, the eunuch was a religious man and yet still a sinner. You can believe that there is a God and you can even come to church, but if you hadn't personally approached Jesus and asked him to forgive your sins, the rebellion that is within your heart, my friends, you are still within your sins as this eunuch was. And that's why he was a man who was seeking God because he didn't have peace within his heart. My friends, the beautiful thing about this passage of Scripture is that not only was the eunuch looking for God, God was already on the scene and drawing him to himself. Isn't that wonderful? And it is out of that context that we respond to the Lord Jesus. Secondly, the eunuch was searching for God, but was not a follower of Jesus yet. Acts chapter 8 verse 28 says, and on his way home was sitting in the chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. God spoke to this man. Thirdly, the eunuch was starting to encounter Jesus by asking those wonderful questions. You may be asking questions today. I want to encourage you to keep on asking. Jesus, in a most wonderful way, will step into your life. And slowly but surely, he will answer those questions. But he doesn't just answer those questions, my friends. He steps into your life and he gives you a whole lot more than what you bargained for. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I love this. I want to run ahead and just say that as you ask questions, he's got an amazing reservoir of joy just waiting for you when you respond to him in faith. In faith. That's what the Colossians passage of Scripture does. I never want anybody within our church to get baptized in water because it's the acceptable thing to do within this church. Amen? I don't like that type of thing. I want people to get baptized in water because they see what the Bible says and because there is faith within their hearts as the scripture speaks for them and they make a personal decision as Marilee did and that's when joy floods our hearts and we step into the ways of Jesus even though we may have followed him. When you get baptized, you're just doing the thing that Jesus did. And I don't know about you being a follower of Jesus. I want to do what he does. I love this. I love this story. It's my best story. My friends, fourthly, the eunuch needed to know the good news about Jesus to be saved. The good news of Jesus tells us that Jesus paid the highest price for your sins and for mine. And we don't have to work ourselves into a place of salvation. Jesus saves us, and it's a miraculous work of God. And that is why we respond in faith to baptism. When God 
does a salvation work within our lives. And with respect to all of those of you who were baptised as babies, that work isn't done in a little baby where your parents believe for you. There has to be a response of faith to God sometime or another. My father, as many of you know, gave his life to the Lord at the age of 60 in a service like this. And it was my huge privilege to have preached that Sunday. And one of our elders, when my dad walked forward and my sister brought him, I remember it was on my left-hand side led him to Jesus. It was something like 15 years later as a result of salvation, that faith rose up within his heart and he got baptised 15 years later. So I don't want to put a religious hold on you or condemn you. The better way is how the Ethiopian eunuch did it. Amen? You know, he found Jesus, he heard the gospel, he saw what scripture says and he says, hey, stop everything. Stop the whole caravan. Everybody stop. I want to get baptised. Isn't that amazing? And he got baptized straight away. My friends, even in this church, we don't have to wait until next week. We can do it today. We will set up the thing. <laughs> and do it next week. <laughs> the eunuch needed to know the good news about Jesus and be saved. This Christianity that we're a part of, it's not because of a church telling us to do certain things. It is because the word of God becomes alive within our hearts through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and these things become a joy, not a burden to do. Amen? That's the message today. It becomes a joy, not a burden for you. You see, my friends, receiving the good news firstly about Jesus opens the door for baptism. Because it is about Jesus more than about you. Because we identify with his death, with his burial, but very powerfully with his resurrection. And that is what Ephesians says here. Ephesians says, Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism, that means buried with him in the water, buried with him in baptism, in which in which you were also raised with him through your faith. Faith is a personal decision that you make in the working of God when God generates faith within our hearts who raised him from the dead. My friends, that's where the joy comes from. When you reconcile your faith with the fact that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, the resurrection, and you realize that you were dead in your sins and Christ raised you up from your sins. And you realize that you're no longer under that condemnation, but you're under the wonderful grace of God. And that's when joy floods our hearts. And like I said, lastly, there is a spiritual dimension attached to baptism. And only someone who has a personal faith in the Lord Jesus can experience that. And out of that, there is a joy that comes that is unparalleled. My friends, if you've never 
encountered this wonderful, wonderful Savior that we're talking about this morning. This wonderful Savior who gave his life to this world and who personally would invite you today to journey with him. I'd like to pray a prayer for you that you also may be able to identify with his death so that you can die to your sins. That you can identify with his burial that he was in the ground for three days to make sure that sin was dead. That hell was plundered and that the devil was defeated for your benefit. And then thirdly, my friends, so that you can identify with his resurrection, so that you can become alive in Jesus, a new person, and that there can be joy within your life. Not an earthly joy, it's a joy that is spiritual. I want to trust that you would also experience what we have today because of Jesus' kindness to us.